This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Blue. 
All right, good to see you today. Dave, how are you doing this weekend? I'm doing wonderful. Um, I'm glad to be here. Um, you know, it was, it was fun Tuesday night, and I couldn't wait to do Sunday. And, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's been really cool. It's been kind of a whirlwind here as of late. I mean, you know, it was great. Last Sunday, we get uh, Coco Beware, who gives us a, a great interview. Uh, we get Kazarian on on Tuesday. It gives us another great interview, especially with everything going on uh, with uh, TNA. And, uh, you know, we wound up getting picked up around the Internet uh, about the interview. Um this past weekend, I, w- I was at NWA on fire on Friday night, night of great wrestling action. Got to meet some fans out there, meet some some wrestlers, uh, you know, and, and last night we're at the BWO event and uh, Steve Off, who's been a good friend of the show, uh, actually won uh, the BWO US title. We're going to have Steve on in a little bit to uh, talk about his his big win. Uh he beat my broadcast partner, Ray Ray Mars, so uh, we might have Ray Ray on as well later on. So uh, interesting, just a lot of wrestling uh, this week and this weekend. And uh, actually, you know, your your best friend, uh, Tristan, Tristan Law actually wound up beating Robbie E. from TNA uh, in a match last yeah. night. So, so uh, interesting. It was actually a real good match, so it was a good show. Uh, lots of wrestling going on, and... As we bring up guys like Robbie E and uh uh Kaz Kazarian who is on the show. Um you know, TNA right now, lots of stuff going right for TNA. Lots of stuff moving in the right direction for TNA. Uh I enjoyed lockdown. I enjoyed the uh, the turn from Bully Ray. Uh I I thought it was cool dramatic turn, even though we talked at length as far as our predictions, we all saw it coming. And that's one of the things, man, when you see something coming, to do it, uh, to make it entertaining when most people see it coming. Uh, great accomplishment for TNA. Follow up for uh, Impact on Thursday. And I thought Impact was a real solid show, Dave. What do you think? I thought it was, too. I mean, you know, it was in Chicago, and, the, you know, the Chicago audience, uh, you know, is always very vocal, um, as we've seen in the past, you know, at WWE events held. In Chicago, it wasn't held in the same building, but um, it was in Chicago, and uh, you know I enjoyed the, um, the the with the Bully Ray reveal. We talked about it a little bit on Tuesday, um, even though it was seen coming miles away, um, it was still it was still good. And um, granted, he didn't give an explanation as to why he did what he did, um, but he I think he helped legitimize the group and didn't turn them into quote unquote a bunch of jobbers like I you know, I mentioned a few weeks ago where it just you know, it didn't seem like this group was, you know, there wasn't any real big name that was ahead at the head of the table, but uh, you know, Bully Ray revealed himself to be the president and um, you know, it's got some eyes turning, you know, towards them and I enjoyed it thoroughly and uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going because believe me, a few you know, a few weeks ago even, you know, a few months ago, I thought to myself, you know, well, all right, well, this is kind of in a holding pattern, and they're not sure what to do. But um, I think for a while they've had a feeling it was Bully Ray, and I think a lot of the um, the, the critics online, um, you know, TNA saw some of that and probably we just wanted to hold off on uh, revealing it was Bully Ray. Um, who knows? But uh, I, I enjoyed it. The show overall I thought was great. Um, 
I liked the uh, the bad influence with uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian coming out like the Road Warriors in Chicago, so it was pretty cool. Um, the AJ Styles uh, return was actually quite interesting, and it's got people wondering, you know, what he's going to do. You know, overall, a live show, the production value, the in-ring performing, it being on the road, the different atmosphere, I thought it was cool, and I look forward to seeing what else they got in store. Yeah, I mean, and I know I've said it before, but, you know, I'm going to say it again. It's interesting. I mean, you know, and we've talked about it, and moving out of the impact zone was definitely a step in the right direction for this company. Um, You know, it was always, when you talked wrestling, when you talked WWE, when you talked TNA, I mean, even people from TNA, when you talked, you know, hey, what, what do you think as far as, you know, competing with the WWE? And, you know, everyone kind of said, you know, that we're not competing. We can't compete. We're not. We're not on their level, uh, you know. We're we're just an alternative. We're something else. Um, and collectively, I would say most people in the industry, and uh, you know, even in the company and fans, all thought that you know that's the case. That that, that TNA is far away from competing with the WWE. Um, when you see them live now outside the Impact Zone. They look like more of a viable competitor. Now, I don't know what their their plans are. I don't know what their their business ideas are. I don't know what direction they're going in. If they're thinking like we're gonna go head to head, we're gonna we're gonna try and go after the WWE. I don't know. But when you see them out there live, they look like more of a viable competitor. And the two hours that I saw on Thursday night, it was a kick ass wrestling show. I, I was very entertained for the two hours. Um, I thought everything worked. I like what they're doing with Ace and Eights. I, I love what they're doing with AJ. Finally, a repackaging of, of AJ. Um, I, I just thought it was, a, it was a great show. I mean, Kazarian on our show says that he's o- they're always trying to come up with new and uh, interesting things. And I, and I think he actually said and he enjoys like making grown men giggle. And it's funny because, yeah, I mean, they come out and they... I was cracking up. I mean, everything they do is so entertaining. And I, I, what I really like about what Bad Influence has done is, I mean, Dave, you know that through the years in, in wrestling, there's always a, groups or individuals that become uh, the, quote, comic relief. You know, you, you have the, the Santino Morellas of the world, you know, that just are, are kind of the, you know, for a laugh, they, they, they bring them out. What I, I love about Bad Influence is Bad Influence is they're kind of the comic relief, but they've done a great job at maintaining a level of credibility and uh, intimidation as, as like being a quality tag team. They're definitely a great tag team. They're definitely a viable option for the tag team titles. And they're still able to do that comic relief. And I think it's it's really great how they've, they've been able to skate that line of being comic but still being strong and, and still looking strong. And I, I just I enjoy almost everything they've been doing out there. So what we've seen out of Impact as of late has been, and TNA, has been really good. I'm happy. And as a wrestling fan, uh, it makes me happy to see more quality wrestling out there on TV. Uh, one of the things I'd like to address when we're talking about uh, TNA and Ace and Eights, and it's one thing that's kind of gotten under my skin a, a little bit, is Ace and Eights versus the NWO. And 
looking at the, the NWO and a lot of critics like to jump out and say, you know, this is a repackaging. We need to get rid of TNA Creative. We need yada, yada, yada. Um, there are a couple things with that. First off, if you want to get into specifics and really analyze the groups, the NWO was a rival wrestling organization that was moving into WCW to essentially take it over and to, to make it their own wrestling organization. And the fact of the matter is that when you see some interviews of Bischoff, I mean, Bischoff was looking to perhaps even have a separate show where you had the NWO and you had WCW as like two separate organizations. That's what the NWO was. It was a separate wrestling organization. Supposed to be symbolic of the WWE, at least initially. Um, but that's what it was. It was coming in, we're starting a new wrestling organization because we don't like this wrestling organization. Aston Aids is a renegade motorcycle club that is wreaking havoc. Both, I get it, both factions are, they're heel factions, but when people are critical of, of, Factions like this, I mean, have we gotten to a point where you, can we not have heel factions? If it's a heel faction and Hogan and Bischoff are in some way, shape, or form involved, are we going to jump to, oh, this is just another repackaging of the NWO? I, I don't see, I get it with Immortal, and that kind of had that NWO vibe to it, and, and it seemed like they were just trying to recapture it. I don't get that as much with Ace and Eights. I, I think Ace and Eights is timely. Uh, the success of uh, Sons of Anarchy right now, why not? You know, when wrestling is great, wrestling jumps on those things that are timely. It, it's something that I, I find different. I like it. It's, it's a, I don't know, I'm enjoying it. And I don't see it as much as an NWO clone as far as it's just, it's, it's, an, it's a heel faction. And, and that's how I look at it. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you in, in some in some of those respects. Um, you know, being both both of us being you know fans of Sons of Anarchy, um, and some of you listeners out there um, may or may not be fans of the show. If you are, you kind of understand where we're coming from here. You know, in some of the, in in some cases on that show, there are guys that have to you know uh, that are part of that club that you know. That, that, that fight amongst each other, you know, for the for the greater good of the motorcycle club. And for instance, there was at one point a um, a, a, a portion of the, this past season where there was one of the club members who apparently was almost kind of on the outs, and he had to do something pretty dirty to kind of keep himself in there and affect one of the other club members, um, and and eventually you know get that member out of the club. Um, so. When people complain about, you know, critics, people complain about the fact, well, how can they get around the fact that Aces and Eights jumped Bully Ray and, you know, all these months and, and this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, for the greater good and the cause of the club of the Aces and Eights group, I, you know, I would assume that that, that, that was part of the plan and that they, that they wanted, you know, everyone to believe as much as possible and with no doubt in their mind that Bully Ray was not a part of the group. And I guess they had to go to those lengths to attack him at his own wedding or beat him up constantly every week on television. You know what I mean? So 
the, the other stuff, I can see some comparisons to the NWO. Like, for instance, you know, the, the, this past week, I guess, you know, they in, in storyline terms, they had Aces and Ace had hacked the, um, the TNA Impact Wrestling website and the Facebook and the Twitter. And the NWO did similar stuff like that. Um, you know, but stuff that works that they're trying to get the angle over. I mean, I knew it was a storyline to maybe some younger viewers, younger fans. They might not. They might think, oh, my God, they like, they took over their Twitter. They took over their Facebook. This is crazy. Those guys are bad news, you know, whatever the case may be. There's some instances, but, like, I, other small things that differentiates them, for instance, like, um, you know, you. I mean, it's a motorcycle club, so you got a president, a vice president, the sergeant at arms, the you know, different different names and groups. For for the NWO, there was you know, there was the leader and Hogan and and the the man behind it, Bischoff, and everyone else were just you know, a group of cronies. Um, they didn't really have a title, so to speak. I mean, you could say Hall and Nash for the founding members, but it was never really like you know played up on television. These guys got roles and their names for those roles and you know what they do. So. There's, there are some similarities. There are some differences. I mean, for instance, the NWO was formed in, you know, Daytona Beach, and you just mentioned Immortal earlier. Well, when they formed Immortal, it was in Daytona Beach at Bound for Glory, and it was the same finish of that main event as it was in 96, where Hogan comes down, except Hogan came down on crutches this time, and then that's when they did the turn. That was a complete NWO ripoff. I mean, everyone's going to look to try and, you know, compare and, you know, pick the nuts and bolts of, the of, of you know, past angles and situations to, to, to make themselves feel better if they don't like it. If you don't like it, you know, you know what to do. I've said it before on this show. There's a, there's that invention called the remote control. It works. So, um, I mean, I, I, I like I said earlier, I look forward to seeing where this storyline goes. Bully Ray has brought some credibility to the group now. He's the World Heavyweight Champion. Um, they've reunited him with Devon, not in a tag team sense, but, you know, as a group. And, uh, you know, maybe there's more members to come. I don't know. I, there's eight. There's only, there's only eight guys in the group, and I think they're going to keep it at eight, aces and eights, so to speak. So I don't see um, any more guys uh, joining the group. They may pick and choose different guys to uh, take out of it. But um, I uh, – like I said, I look forward to it, and, I, and the one here's another thing too. I'll, I'll mention quickly. Mark Madden, who's a who used to work for WCW, is a famous wrestling columnist. He had a column on uh, on uh, WrestleZone.com. It just came out this morning, and I read it. And he was talking about how Bully Ray is really the only true heel in wrestling. Not trying to sell merchandise. Not trying. Doesn't have a catchphrase. He just genuinely wants to draw heat, and that's what he did on Thursday night. He just genuinely wanted to draw heat. The the the, the smart remarks towards Hogan, towards Brooke, and, and you know other things that he did. It, he fits that role. He's got that look. Like he looks like a motorcycle tough guy. You know, like most of those guys. So I think it's a good fit for him. And because the whole pandering to Hogan and being a part of the family thing, that, that, that stick wasn't going to last too long. He's just naturally a bad guy, and he plays that really well. And it, this, I think this is going to work out for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, those are all, like, good points. I mean, you're always going to be able to draw a comparison. And, and you know, it's wrestling. So things are there's always going to be similarities. I mean, you know, go back a little bit. You know, evolution was, you know, you could say it was – clear ripoff of the four horsemen um you know ideas get recycled i i just don't like it it just becomes this like uh, like visceral reaction with uh people who want to be critical 
And, and look, we may we may be talking in two weeks that they they've screwed up the angle, um, and that's the nature of the business. But as of right now, it was it was pretty interesting, and and I like the whole vibe, and I like the motorcycle gang vibe, and I like the uh, you know like you're saying, like there's an organization, like there's you know everyone has a role in that that uh, faction. There there are like as much as you know, like you're saying, NWL, it was Hogan, but there was, it wasn't like Hogan was deemed it or called, you know, anything. He just was, you know, he's Hulk Hogan, so he was he was the guy. Uh, you know, we have a clear president. We have a vice president. Uh, you know, and, and I've always been, and I know Dave, you're the same way. I am fascinated by the whole motorcycle club uh, culture. And how that operates, and, and I'm I'm actually very curious to see how well they capture uh, how a motorcycle club really operates, and how uh, there is a hierarchy, and how you know I've met people who are in motorcycle clubs, and it is like it gets very, you know, you do anything for the club, uh, which is why, like you were saying, you know, if if Bully Ray for the greater good was like I'll get my ass kicked, that's what you do. So I'm really I'm looking forward to see how well they expand on the the culture of the motorcycle club within the context of being a heel faction uh, in pro wrestling. So I'm excited to see how exactly this unfolds. Um, I, I think it's an exciting time for TNA. Uh, but we're going to head out to the phones right now because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Steve Off, who's been a uh, a friend of the show and has called numerous times, uh, won the BWO U.S. Championship. And he is currently amassing uh, some gold, uh, you know, making a, a decent run uh, in this career of pro wrestling and adding some gold around his waist. So let's get him on the line. Steve, are you there? Dan, Dave, what's up? What's happening? So how are you, how you feeling today? Any bruises uh, uh... from uh, last night's match? Always. I mean, anytime you get in there with somebody like a Tristan Moore or Ray Ray Mars, you know, you're always going to have bumps and bruises, even when you come out on top, which I did. And I'm now the EPWE and BWO U.S. champions, plus the EHW television champion. Like you just said, I'm collecting some gold, some silver, you know, I don't discriminate. Get some bronze, too, maybe, you know, four or five, six championships. There's never enough, bro. So, as, I mean, how does it feel now? I mean, you know... This is we've talked we've talked numerous times. Uh, you know we can tell you're very you're very passionate about uh, the wrestling business, uh, trying trying to make your way in this business. Uh, you know how does it feel? You know continuing to to add the gold. Uh, you think your your career is moving in the right direction? Absolutely. I mean you know it, it's never moving as fast as I wanted to. I'm my biggest critic and the most impatient person in the world in terms of my career. But I mean I'd say three championships and. You know, a couple Ring of Honor tryouts, a couple WWE tryouts in the past. I'm going the right direction. I just wish it was a little quicker, but I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what I could do to change the uh, the speed of it. But if nothing else, at least it's going places in the right direction. Um, give us a little bit. You know, we we've been pretty well versed with uh, the the BWO, and uh, mm-hmm. we, we uh, give us a little idea of the the other two uh, titles and uh, you know the, those other two promotions you mentioned. Well, the EPWE, I won their U.S. championship about six months ago. It's been about three months since they ran a show. I'm not sure what their future is. I'm technically still their U.S. champion, so until they ask for the belt back or take it back, I'm going to keep advertising, even though I haven't really defended it in a lengthy amount of time. 
EHW is run by a friend of mine. It's up in Pennsylvania. It's a good, solid promotion, but it's very small right now. It's starting from the very bottom, working their way up. I'm currently the TV champion. I'm getting a shot at the U.S. championship there, too. I believe it's a champion versus champion, title for title kind of deal. You know, I'm not sure if it's one fall, two falls, what the deal is with that on April 27th, but, you know, that's my next show up there. Next one for BWO is going to be next Saturday, March 23rd. Ring of Honor invades the BWO. I'm not sure who I'm facing yet, but I will be defending the BWO U.S. Championship. I'm hoping against somebody from Ring of Honor or somebody of equal talent. If not, you know, I'll take on anybody, so it really doesn't matter. But I prefer somebody from Ring of Honor because, you know, what a feather in my cap to beat somebody from Ring of Honor. You know, Steve, uh, past few months you've been embroiled in a uh, heated rivalry with uh, my best bud, Tristan Law. And, um, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, you came up short um, on on multiple occasions. Uh, not not don't mean that in uh, disrespect in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there were you know some unforeseen circumstances and uh, you know perpetrated by Tristan Law. And I'll probably hear this later on when he decides to call in, but I really don't care. So. Um, <laughs> What I, what I want to ask you is, you know, you won the U.S. Championship from Ray Ray Mars, um, and you were not included in the World Championship Tournament. Um, do you think maybe Tristan Law had something to do with that, number one? And uh, number two, is this United States Championship run that, you're, that you, you will be embarking on, is this eventually going to lead you back to the BWO Heavyweight Championship? Well, I don't know about not being included in the tournament. I don't know if uh, Section 8, and, you know, I just want to be to focus on the one match, the U.S. championship, you know, so I have my fair shake at it. I could pull double duty. I've done it before. I did it at NWA on fire this past Friday night. You know, I was out on my A game in both matches. I could have done it fine at BWO. You know, no knock on anybody I would have competed against, but I think I could have won both matches. I, as far as why it didn't happen, I don't know. Maybe Tristan had something to do with it and getting in Glenn Ulrich's ear. Maybe not. You know, I really don't know. But as far as going back after the BWO World Heavyweight Championship, absolutely nobody has. I'm only the second triple crown winner in BWO history. Nobody has ever held two championships at one time. And I'm going to be the first ever BWO undisputed world and United States heavyweight champion. Eventually. I don't know. I don't have a time frame on that. I think I have to get a certain amount of title defenses before I can go after the world championship. But if you remember back to WCW and even the old WWF, the U.S. or Intercontinental Champion after X amount of title defenses, I don't know if it was like three or five or something like that, would get a championship match against the WWF or WCW Champion. And I'm pretty sure WWO is the same way. I just, I got to look into that a little bit, but it's definitely going to happen. I got to ask you something. I mean, last night, good show. Uh, enjoyed myself. Uh, lots of good matches. Um, you know, now going forward, uh, the future of the BWO in question, because uh, Glenn Ulrich decides to put the uh, power of the BWO on the line uh, versus Preacher's career. So uh, lots of interesting stuff going on in there. But, you know, after the show, I'm, I'm over there. I'm trying to, uh, you know, enjoy a quiet drink and just kind of hang out. And uh, I just got, you know, I get confronted. What What is going on? With with El Rotundo these days. I mean, do you have any idea what what's wrong with this guy right now? I mean, I, I wish I could understand and explain this to you, but I have no idea. I mean, I've seen it too. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen the video of what happened. I'm sure somebody got it on camera, but I, I mean, ever since Christmas and, and New Year's and the, the holiday was a little bit subpar, so to speak, and 
he blames me and Bob Arian for that, and he's been going off because that's, you know, one of his favorite holidays. And I think he just went over the deep end. I think the stress got to him. I'm not making excuses for him. If I saw him right now, I'd probably punch him in the head. You know, I'm hoping it can be worked out for the sake of the gun show, but sometimes egos just get too big, you know, in wrestling especially. But, you know, even in acting, in, in uh, you know, the Hollywood circle, you know, egos get massive. And Rotundo's never been that guy, so I don't know what's going on going through his head right now. Whether we got to talk it out or fight it out, I'm hoping it will get worked out. Stay tuned to YouTube.com slash The Gun Show Web TV. And within the next day or two, we should have a new episode up, and, and we'll see how things progress with that. All right. I hope I hope it all gets squared away because it, it does, doesn't seem like his uh, his head screwed on quite right right now. Um, before well, here's, you know, the, here's a here's a point I'd like to bring up, and I, I don't know I don't know El Rotundo too well, but from what I understand, what I gather from watching all the videos of him and the, all the crazy videos he's he's uh, he's he's sent to my Facebook and this that and the other, you know, with the recent troubles you've had with the Dynasty of Destruction, Steve, even though at times El Rotundo can fly off the handle under the supervision of you and Bob Arian, wouldn't it maybe be a good idea if you kind of incorporate him into your battle against the Dynasty of Destruction, maybe bring a little bit of that gun show craziness to the BWL? If things can be worked out, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's more up to him because he, he's trying to stay away from the ring because, you know, he got a, he has a bad neck, so he's trying not to get back in the ring. But maybe as a manager, just to watch my back, you know, hit somebody with the broom if they get out of line. You know, I could definitely see that if things can be worked out with him. If we can get, you know, as Ken said, his head's not screwed on straight right now. If we could fix that, you know, maybe. But I don't know if it can be fixed, to be honest. Maybe it can, maybe it can't. But I could definitely see that happening down the road if things work out. Before I let you go, after your match, uh, you know, uh, Extended your hand. Uh, Ray Ray Mars not not too happy with uh, losing his U.S. title match. Um, did not take uh, take it well. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, do you have any any response or any words for Ray Ray if he's listening? Man, I you know I stand by the fact that I said it was a great match. He gave me a hell of a match. It was one of my top five in my career. The end did put a little bit of a damper on it, but you know what? I am still the U.S. champion. I tried to show the guy respect. I mean, we never really were buddy-buddy, but we'd always trained together. We had respect for each other. He was always a cool guy. We were never the best of friends. We always got along. And recently, the past, I, I don't know, year or so, him and Nuzio have really, you know, changed a lot from the way I knew them. And I don't know if it's ego or if it's bitterness that other people are successful. I don't know. But the dude totally changed his tune the past year or so, and, I figured I'd show him that respect. I'd say, hey, you know, we may not be friends, but we had a great match, and I'll give you a rematch. You just have to ask me and tell me when, and you got it. And, you know, I thought he'd shake my hand, walk away, and we'd fight another day, you know, in the spirit of competition, but I guess that's just not how he saw it. And I can understand being pissed off and annoyed that you lost a match, but you know what? Even the best of us lose, and that that's no reason to be a punk about it, you know? And that's how I see it. He was just a punk about it. And, you know, not taking anything away from his in-ring talent, but as a person, he was a total punk yesterday, and next time I get in the ring with him, he's going to find out that, you know, where I come from, that doesn't fly. All right, strong words. Uh, you know, before we let you uh, off the hook, uh, where can we see you in the uh, next few weeks? Well, I'll be up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, March 22nd for ECWF, BWO versus Ring of Honor on March 23rd in Ventnor City. 
And then I'll be checking out Wrestling as Respect and Indie Girls on March 24th. I'm not booked. Obviously, I'm not booked on Indie Girls because I'm not an indie girl. I'm <laughs> not booked on Wrestling as Respect as of now, but I'll have my gear if they need an extra match. You never know. That I've gotten <laughs> half the bookings I've gotten, I've gotten that way. So, you know, you never know with that. And then, you know, I'll be at WrestleCon April 6th and 7th with the BWI. I think I'm there only the 7th, but, you know, if you guys follow me on Twitter at Steve Off, Facebook.com slash love. I'll get you all the details if you're interested. Just shoot me a line. Very cool. Thanks for giving us a few minutes, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks a lot. See ya. And there's Steve Off, brand new uh, BWO US champion, uh, you know, amassing the gold. And, uh, uh, wow. Well, interestingly enough, uh, you know, we got to go. We got to pay the bills. But as I'm looking at the. Uh, the phone bank here, and, and guys, thank you so much for calling. We're going to get to you. We got some interviews tonight, but we're definitely going to get to you. Just be patient with us. But I'm noticing uh, Mr. Ray Ray Mars actually. After those words from Steve Off, uh, Ray Ray is in the bank. So we're going to take a quick commercial, and uh, on the other side of the commercial, let's hear what Ray Ray has to say to Steve Off. The word is spreading. More and more people are switching to Ambit Energy. Well, one of my neighbors switched, and then I switched. Now the whole neighborhood has Ambit. Who doesn't want to save money? The word is spreading. Switching to Ambit Energy is rewarding in more ways than one. I signed up and got a travel award. That's nice. Oh, I get to save on energy and on travel? There's a cruise for two out there just a few thousand kilowatts away. I can almost smell the sunscreen. The word is spreading. Ambit Energy even lets you earn free energy. When I get 15 friends to switch, I get free energy. I have 15 friends. At least I think I do. Hey, I'd be telling people to switch to Ambit anyway. If you'd like to switch to Ambit Energy, listen to the following contact information closely. Then spread the word. Joe Miller is an Ambit Energy Independent Consultant. If you want to upgrade or be a consultant, visit his website, mainline.joinambit.com. That's mainline.joinambit.com. Ambit is available in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Texas, and California. So be sure to check out some Ambit Energy, welcome back, everybody, to the Ken Reedy Show. Quick commercial break. Uh, this show is show's got a mind of its own. That's why I love doing it. But we actually have uh, former BWO U.S. champion, uh, my broadcast partner on NWA on Fire on Friday nights on MeTV at 11 o'clock. Uh, we have Ray Ray Mars on the line, so let's see what he's got to say. Uh, Ray Ray, are you there? Yes, sir. I am here. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Rough night for you last night. Uh, rough night. Rough uh, rough weekend, actually. I can honestly, looking back on this past weekend, between last night losing the United States title to Steve Off and uh, Friday night with uh, NWA on fire, uh, being played and embarrassed by Bob Kahn, a.k.a. the Kahn Man, this is easily one of, if not the worst, weekends of my professional career. Obviously, I have to push that all aside as we get ready for the big ROH slash BWO show in Ventnor Saturday night and uh, my one-on-one contest with Grizzly Redwood. But, you know, last night was uh, very interesting. Steve Wolf is a guy who 
has been around since I began, like you said, Bobby, since I began training to become a wrestler. He was a BWO champion when I first began my training. And for the first year of my career, he was the champion. I learned a lot from watching him. And I've over the years, I've looked. Steve Off, great competitor, very hard worker. Not a lot of people I've met in the wrestling business work as hard as he does to get better at what he does. The reason, and I'm sure a lot of people are wondering uh, who are at the show or listening in about why I could have uh, attacked him and uh, given him a nice little wiener shot, if I can say that, on the air after the show, after the match, I should say. Um, Obviously, with the events of this weekend, that was all. That was the boiling point. Me losing that match, and as great as Steve Off is, as good as he is in the ring, that was a match that he did not deserve. He didn't do anything to earn that title shot, and because he's been with the BWO as long as he is, I just felt like it was very odd that he were to receive randomly a United States title match against me when really he hasn't been doing much except losing to Tristan Law over the last couple of months. So that was kind of quizzical to me. And as far as that, so as far as what Steve Wall was saying about how after a certain number of title defenses, you know, you possibly, you know, he has it back to the world title eventually. Uh, I'm going to immediately call BWO's bluff on that. Because I've been the United States champion five times. I've defended the title multiple times. And uh, not once have I ever received a BWO world title match. So some fishy, uh, some fishy business going on here, in my opinion. But not to take anything away from Steve off the mat. He beat me fair. He beat me fair and square. And I cannot take anything away from him as far as that goes. He, made, he took advantage of the one mistake that I made. And that's what the great competitors do. Take advantage of any mistakes, any openings they're given. And uh, it's, it's happened to, he has happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. If there's anyone else in that situation, I would have reacted the exact same way, and I have no regrets about it, to be completely honest. Sorry. So yeah. I'm curious, you know, I would assume that there's got to be a rematch clause uh, in, in the contract. Uh, are you going to train differently going forward uh, for your rematch? Uh do you, are, are you saying this was just a fluke victory on Steve? You're looking to bring that belt uh, back home in the rematch? Well, I'm not entirely sure what's going on as far as the rematch goes because I'm wrestling for BWO this Saturday night. Uh, I have already, I, I already told the BWO that I will not be able to attend in April. I will actually be wrestling in Buffalo, New York on that night. I'll be traveling with uh, Mr. Nunzio, the man who trained me. And uh, we'll be traveling up there for a show. And, uh, you know, knowing based on the past and how BWO management has handled uh, certain situations as it relates to me, I wouldn't be surprised if they forfeited my rematch clause and I didn't get a shot. But I'm going to prepare as if I will eventually one day get a shot. And, you know, it's funny. It, 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 this is just a little amusing, I just thought of on my part. As far as BWO, I'm. BWO was having a tournament, two tournaments last night. There was the Gold Rush show. Two tournaments to determine new contenders for the championships. And on that same show, Steve Off gets a shot at me, having not earned a title shot. And you know, we can't let past accolades determine future opportunities. If we were, then yes, Steve Off definitely deserved a shot to become the Triple Crown winner. 
And I also should have received at least one BWO World title match. But, you know, it is what it is. I can't fix incompetence on other people's parts. I'm just going to go forward, do what I do, train, train, get myself ready for Grizzly Redwood, get myself ready for this show in Buffalo, other shows in the future. And it won't be long before I become a six-time United States champion. I will see to that happening. It won't be long before I become a world champion. It won't be long before, hell, I'm thinking I might try to beat Steve to this whole uh, undisputed world champion in the United States championship thing that he was talking about. I'll I'll go for all three at once if I get the opportunity. But knowing knowing how BWO has handled me in the past, well, I'll have to work extra hard to make that happen. Jeez, well, I think right now if you're listening – Ray Ray Mars is definitely calling out BWO uh, management. I'm curious, you had mentioned there that you've been trained by Nunzio. Uh, Nunzio, little Guido, uh, has been a guest of the show, great guy. Um, curious, like, as far as, you know, learning your craft, uh, what's the most important thing that uh, you learned from Nunzio? Uh, well, definitely to, let's see, how, how, how can I put this? There's a great quote I heard yesterday. It actually describes pretty perfectly uh, my answer to this question. Uh, someone was saying, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth, and you should use them in that proportion or those proportions. You know, listen more than you speak. You guys got to gotta listen to, you know, everything. Because I've never in my life been above being able to learn from anybody, whether they're less experienced than me more experience than me in any facet of life, whether it be commentating or wrestling or anything that I put my mind to. You can always learn from somebody. And you can all but you also gotta make yourself stand out. You gotta be different. If everybody around you is doing one thing, do something else. Like you've noticed, the Ray Ray Mars doesn't go through the, the curtain anymore. I take I go to the ring the way I want to go to the ring, whether it's you know, for another side entrance door or from the, the side of the curtain or something like that. It's just little thing. You, I just want to make myself stand out. And that's the most important thing I think that he has taught me in hindsight, looking at it. Ron, you made mention. What, what are your thoughts on uh, commentating these days? Well, it's something I'm very happy I'm getting the opportunity to do. I actually, little known fact, uh, I actually went to Monmouth University, majored in communication and was I have a little bit of experience in that field doing commentary for sporting events. And I was actually a producer for Mama's sports television show. So I do have experience in the, the, those, the, those workings, like the background type workings of, you know, television and whatnot. And to get the opportunity uh, through NWA on fire to be able to take it to, you know, to apply these skills to wrestling in a comment, in a color commentary fashion, is this is a great. I feel like it's a great opportunity. It's something I've definitely had a lot of fun doing, and uh, I don't exactly know what that means for my wrestling career in NWA on Fire. But hey, I, if, if I have to, they want, if if I have to, just to prove that I, I if I to prove my points, I'll, I'll wrestle and commentate at the same time. I'm not above that. Well, see now that that's something I'd like to see. I think that would be uh, that would be interesting. Just yeah, it's it's been fun. I'm I'm enjoying doing the commentating thing. Uh, I think it's uh, we make a good team. Before we let you go, um, 
You made mention of a few events, but uh, where can people, if they want to come out and see uh, Ray Ray Mars in action, where can we see you? Well, I mentioned uh, Ventnor, New Jersey, this Saturday, the 23rd, BWO show, uh, working with some of the Ring of Honor guys, like I said, Ray Ray Mars versus Grizzly Redwood. Should be quite a fun little match. Let's see. Uh, April 20th, I'll be up in Buffalo. We need to find out more information about that show. April the 27th, I'll be in Bricktown, New Jersey for FWF. I know I'm missing a date or two in there somewhere. Oh, April 6th for FWF in Sterling, New Jersey. Uh, I do know that Demolition will be on that show, the Demolition from the 80s, the tag team. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm doing on that show yet, but that's where I'll be the night before WrestleMania, Sterling, New Jersey. So come check it out. Very cool. Thank you so much for giving us a call, and uh, look forward to continued working with you, and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you in action inside the ring. Thanks for giving us a call. Yes, indeed. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. Well, there you go. You know, again, you, you never know, and that's why you got it. You got to get here, and you got to listen, because this was not in the rundown, but, uh, you know, a little rivalry there in, in BWO. uh U.S. Championship, Steve Alf brings home the title, and uh, Ray Ray none too happy. So uh, got a little verbal sparring going back and forth here as far as uh, the BWO U.S. Championship. So uh, interesting interesting stuff. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. we got a lot of you guys are out there on hold. We're going to get to you in a little bit, but... We are going to go out to the calls, out to the phones, because we are fortunate enough to have uh, Legend. Uh, you guys probably know him more from the the Killer Bees, but uh, Legend in the wrestling business, wrestling industry. We have B. Brian Blair on the line. We're going to write out to him. Uh, Mr. Blair, how you doing this evening? Good, Killer Ken. Big Dave, what's happening, bro? Great. Thank you so much for giving us some time here tonight. Um, you know, we, we love having... Uh, you know, legends on and, and talking, uh, you know, the business and old school. Why don't you give us a little bit of how you got started in the wrestling business? You know, I had a dream uh, like MLK did. Martin Luther King, my favorite speech uh, was his I had a dream speech. And I was born from humble beginnings. And I remember getting caught taking food stamps at Sly in Armenia here in Tampa, Florida at the You Save store. And I got busted by these rednecks who later beat me up. And... Uh, the school teacher, my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Aviano, came. He was my fifth grade teacher and the sixth grade teacher for them. Came and said, you know, Brian, he, he gave me that typical pep, pep speech and said, you can be what you want to be. You know, you just got to put your mind to it. And um, Soon I found Jack Briscoe in championship wrestling from Florida. And I said, I want to be a wrestler. I said, you know, I, I could probably make some money being a wrestler, and I just don't want to be poor. And I worked my butt off. Um, I was the first um, uh, champion in wrestling uh, uh, for junior junior high school wrestling championships in Hillsborough County. Um, I won that and uh, went on to uh, play football at the University of Louisville and did a lot of other things, but I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. And uh, fortunately, guys like Buddy Colt and Eddie Graham and uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe and all those guys took an interest in me and they sent me to the dungeon. In the dungeon at 106 North Albany Street here in Tampa, Florida, where hundreds of people left without their clothes, is where I started. 
And Hiro Matsuda stretched me for for three summers in a row. Um, and the only people that actually made made it to wrestling um, was Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. He was the first one. And then the following year was myself. And then halfway through that next summer was uh, Hulk Hogan. And, you know, guys like Lex Luger and um, uh, got, so many other, Scott Hall, other guys quit. They couldn't take it. You know, it was just brutal. But I had that desire. I had that fire. And I just, um, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed. Definitely, you know, and you brought up Paul Orndorff, and just interesting story. We we had Tito Santana on the show uh, a little while back, and I asked him who he thought the the best of all time was, and uh, he asked, "Do you mean working with?" And I said, "Yeah, you know, who you've been in the ring with." And he actually said, which surprised us, and not that I wasn't a fan, but he said Paul Orndorff. He said Paul Orndorff was uh, he loved working with him, and I've read some stuff online that. Uh, I think you had stated that one of, if not your your favorite matches, was with Paul Orndorff. Uh, what was it about Orndorff that was was so good, and, and why did at least do you feel like you meshed well with him in the ring? Well, I used to sell sodas in the Tampa Stadium, and I, uh, when the offense played for Tampa U, that's where I originally signed uh, until they folded football. Uh, Paul was a fullback there. And he was just a mean son of a gun. He was called the Brandon Bull, and he played with Freddie Solomon and Leon McQuay and all these great people, uh, John Matuzak. Um, but Paul was a stud. And to, um, to see Paul morph from being raised in a chicken coop and some things that I won't even get into right now with his parents. Uh, I mean, talk about the epitome of a sad story in a country song. That's where Paul Orndorff came from. And then he got drafted by the Saints fourth fourth round. Um, he had to get up on a table and sing Jeremiah was a bullfrog. So they threw biscuits at him. I'm telling you guys stuff that people don't know. So this is, this is a first for you guys uh, and for the fans. And um, he got tired of that. He didn't want to have – Paul, Paul had an ego like, uh, like nobody I ever saw when it came to pride, uh, a prideful ego. And not in a bad way. He just wouldn't take any crap from anybody. And so he told the Saints to screw it. Came back to Eddie and said, "Hey, I want to I want to wrestle." Uh, and Paul went on to wrestle and and became one of the, to me the epitome of what a heel should be. Paul could work with a broomstick, whether it was Junkyard Dog. He could make Junkyard Dog look like he was um, uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, he could make. Uh, uh, I mean, he could just work with a broomstick. He was Paul was the Paul was the best heel and the most underrated heel in the history of wrestling. Tito's right. Brian, let's fast forward a little bit to uh, your your start in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, you were part of a tag team, uh, obviously known as the Killer Bees, and uh, you tagged with uh, Jim Brunzel. And uh, Jim Brunzel had a, uh, a, tag, a, a successful tag team run before that with uh, Greg Gagne in the AWA as the High Flyers. Um, when you were in going into the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, um, did you know ahead of time you were going to be working with Jim Brunzel? Did you have any sights on a singles career? Did you know Jim prior to your time in the WWF? Could you uh, care to explain how the Killer Bees became about? Well, let me answer each one of those uh, one at a time. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I had heard about Jump, Jump and Jim, and uh, obviously, you know, pro, pro Wrestling Illustrated and the magazines. Um, 
you know, the high flyers were really big in the AWA. And um, at that time, I was working for championship wrestling from Florida. I was a Florida heavyweight champion. Uh, just got done beating Ravishing Rick Rude for the Florida heavyweight uh, title and uh, had won the Southern heavyweight title and um, several other uh, championships. But I was always focused on taking that step further and maybe going to WWF at that time, not E. It was WWF, of course. And uh, Hogan went there. Um, Vince was smart enough to steal Hogan from Vern. And then Terry called me up and he said, hey, um, there's a guy I know, Jim Brunzel, don't know if you've ever heard of him, but uh, Vince is looking for a new tag team and he'd like to put you guys together. So I said, well, I don't know Jimmy. But I'd like to know Jimmy. I think he's a great worker. From what I've seen, he's a, he seems to be a straight-up guy. So we met in Brantford, Ontario with George Scott. And uh, Vince came in the room, and we all sat there, and they said, hey, guys, um, uh, we're glad you're here. Um, thanks for coming. We need to think of a good name for you. And I started thinking, and Vince said, well, you know, maybe something with the bees or something. I that was the first word out, words out of Vince's mouth. And I, I said immediately to myself, I was such a big Miami Dolphins fan. Um, and I remember the 72 Dolphins had that killer defense called the Killer Bees because half their names began with a B. And so I said to the George Scott and Vince, I said, how about the Killer Bees? And Jimmy liked it. Everybody liked it. And it was funny. All of a sudden, I heard a laugh from the corner, and it was leaping Lanny Poffo. And he pulls out this pair of tights that are almost like the tights that we wore as the Killer Bees. Uh, he had a pair of bee tights. So uh, the bees were born in Ontario, Canada. Uh, Jim's a great guy, still a friend today. I didn't know him before, but I know him now. He's a classy gentleman, and um, we had a great ride. But I enjoyed my uh, single. Uh, let, me, let me get some real, real clear. I worked for W. I worked for Vince Senior as a singles. I had a much more colorful singles career than I did as a, as a killer bee. And I don't mean to diminish anything. It's just that that's always the height of um, the conversation since so many people um, were glued into WWF. And that was the thing of the eighties. That was the rage of the eighties. And um, you know, the Cindy Lauper deal and everything that came into play um, even after the Killer Bees, you know, going to Russia, to Kota Kitambalu, all over the world, working for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I love my singles career, but I also um, uh, cherish, respect, and admire Jumpin' Jim for um, everything he did to um, hold up his half as the Killer Bees. Awesome. There was a point at, and then one time in uh, your career as, you know, tag team of the Killer Bees where, um, you and Jim donned the masks a few times, and it was known as mask confusion. Um, I specifically remember, a, a, I want to say it was a lumberjack match you guys were involved in, and I believe it was with um, Hogan and Ted DiBiase, I want to say, maybe in Philadelphia, where you guys had donned the masks and you had gotten involved in the match, and it, and it looked like you guys were going to have a run as a heel tag team with the masks where you guys kind of do the switcheroo a little bit. Um, was there any plans uh, in the works for you guys to have a, a run as a, as a heel tag team? Because it didn't seem like on television that, um, that, that you guys had a uh, – that they weren't taking it into serious consideration for being uh, heels. I think that was a tease, and I remember it exactly. Um, uh, I really do, um, uh, Ken. And 
I didn't know Vince didn't tell us about it until that night. Uh, I'll never forget it. It was in the spectrum. And um, it, it was kind of a, we were really nervous and we were potatoing the heck out of uh, Terry of Holster. <laughs> we actually uh, um, probably blew our chances by being so stiff. And that's uh, <laughs> don't want to work with these guys. We're going to get killed every night. So, um, uh, but I've never, you know, when I go to Japan, I'm still a baby face. I, I ride with the, um, a lot of times with the Japanese and um, for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And um, again, that, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. And yes, I'm sure they were looking at that to see if that was an option. Uh, I think though that we were established um, as baby faces, and both Jim and I were more, we're both more natural baby faces than we are heels. So that didn't go anywhere. Okay. Uh, one one final question for me. Um, a few years back, uh, there was uh, there was Dave some comments. Him? This is Dave. Okay, Dave. Um, there were some comments made by um, the Iron Sheik in regards to you, and uh, well, you know, the Iron Sheik has a history of uh, saying some very outlandish things publicly. Um, and then uh, you appeared at his uh, roast. Uh, few years back, I believe it was in New Jersey, um, and there was a physical altercation involved. Um, were, were you going there to, uh, to to confront him, to make peace? Um, what, were the, what were the reasons? Do you have any explanations to the reasons behind his comments towards you? Could you uh, Would you care to uh, inform the audience of uh, that situation? The Sheik has always been jealous of me since I stretched him in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, because... He always bragged about the bronze medal, and he is a heck of a wrestler, don't get me wrong. But he tested me one time in Hershey, and um, I made him squeal, and he started hollering, and Nikolai teased him a little bit, and Brunzi couldn't believe it. He almost, I think Brunzi was ready to cry, but uh, the fans didn't really know what was going on, but but Sheik certainly did, and ever since that time, he just kind of hated me. Um for exposing him uh, for the fact that he shot on me and I came out on top. And then after that, you know, he had a lot of bad luck. Um, I'll tell you a quick story that, you know, we're going to Australia in uh, 1986. Uh, Sheik's with Junkyard Dog, and Wenzel um, and I are on a, this flight, and it's leaving at nighttime out of Minneapolis, and they come in all, all happy, and they got some popcorn, and we all sit down, the lights go out, and all of a sudden we start smelling this smell. And uh, they had actually smuggled crack rocks in and uh, started smoking crack on the airplane. And I lost a lot of respect for them by doing that because it made us all look bad. And um, it, even though nobody got in trouble, it was just the wrong thing to do. And... You know, I told Sheik about that in no uncertain terms. And, uh, you know, I think he expected everybody to talk up to him when I always feel like that we're all equal. And I always like a person that will tell me I've got a booger in my nose or my breast smells bad or, you know, zip up your zipper. You know, I appreciate those kind of people. But uh, uh, Sheik, just all, all he wanted was praise, and he didn't like that kind of stuff. He wanted no constructive criticism because he was a know-it-all for my rant. And loved to brag about the 444 days. But, you know, that was all cool, and that was part of the gimmick that 
he just took it a step too far, you know, with the, you know, with his lifestyle and with his disrespect. And, you know, if there's a way that she and I could have a match right now where it would be fair, I guess I'd have to tie both hands and both feet behind my back. Uh, maybe I would need one appendage, but uh, <laughs> it depends on if I got him in the camera clutch. I'll leave it there. Well, uh, strong words there. Let's let's. Speaking of today, do you, do you watch today's product? Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I'll be wrestling uh, uh, next month, April fifteenth. I'll be wrestling Matt Riviera in Vegas uh, at the Cauliflower Alley Club. And uh, I look forward to that. I was just in Mobile last weekend. and uh, I still love the work. I mean, I'm in the best shape that I could possibly be in. Um, and I still love to make the fans happy. There's an old saying, you can take the wrestler out of the ring, but you'll never take the ring out of the wrestler. And uh, that's how I feel. And, you know, I see guys like Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. And these guys that are many, many years older than I am still, you know, <laughs> go out and do it every night. Um, so I, I'm just very fortunate to be able to, uh, to each match, you know, it, it may be my last match, but I'm going to give it 100%. And uh, for the fans that are able to come out and watch that, I, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I want to say thank you to your fans for listening to this interview. And uh, hopefully, you know, they've learned something that they may have wondered and, they can always go to uh, Facebook me or ask me a question or however you guys do your thing. I mean, I'd be more than happy to do what I can always to uh, accommodate a fan. I appreciate it. We definitely appreciate you uh, giving us some, some time here. Uh, you know, you've, you've gotten involved in, uh, as a, in politics. Uh, I was curious what your thoughts uh, might be on uh, the, the angle that, that they're running in the WWE with uh, – uh, Dutch Mantel, uh, Zeb Coulter, and Jack Swagger. Uh, there was a, a time a few weeks ago where Glenn Beck uh, seemed to be uh, getting involved and not too happy with the angle. Um, being someone who's involved in politics and also wrestling, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the story angle that they're working in the WWE? Well, first off, you know, I'd like to go on record saying that every, every – um, organization has a commissioner. I'm the only elected commissioner that was elected by a half a million people. And, um, and that's a fact. And somewhere in my career, I'd like to go in and, and be that elected official, the real, the real deal, the real commissioner that goes in and makes things right. Um, as far as swagger and, and the angle goes right now, um, let it play out. Let it see, let it be what it is. And, um, you know, I hope it's good. I hope uh, I hope the people enjoy it. I, I have no further comment on that. Okay. Well, one thing I'd like to talk about, and and you know, you getting uh, back in the ring and and staying in good shape, and obviously uh, staying healthy is important to you. Uh, I've heard that you're involved in some, it's an organic tea. Correct me if I'm wrong. Celebrity. Uh, like, tell us a little bit about um, uh, this product and and what it is and and why you're endorsing it. Well, I, I own part of the company, and along with two other people, and it's uh, Celebrity, C-E-L-B-R-I-T-E-A. Uh, uh, and if your listeners would go to drinkcelebrity.com, 
and like us, we would deeply appreciate that because we're trying to expand. It's a new company. I've always been an entrepreneur from the Gold's Gyms, you know, building those up. Uh, and now um, we have an opportunity to um, uh, uh, put out a great beverage, which is organic. It's uh, high in antioxidants. It's um, affordable. It's a, it's a great alternative to uh, alcoholic beverages or, or soda or anything like that. And it tastes so good. i, I got to tell you guys, I, I'm serious. It's the best tasting tea you've probably ever had, Dave, Ken. you got, you got to try Celebrity. So if they like it and we get enough people to like it in different places, it, it kind of helps, you know, uh, in, increase our footprint. We're we're now in fresh markets. Uh, we're getting ready to expand to all the fresh markets. To we're in the uh, public screenwise stores. Um, we have a plan to expand into all the public stores. Uh, we're going into Albertsons in the Midwest. But the more people that get on there and like us, the better it is. So it's like a big favor to me um, if I ever made you or the fans or everybody that's listening happy in any way, shape, or form. If they can just go there and like us, uh, it would be deeply appreciated. Very good. Yes, go there and like Celebrity. Um, sounds del- I'm actually I'm looking forward to uh, trying it. Sounds good. Uh, you know, and again, if you're still getting in the ring, I mean, I, I think you, uh, between what you've done with Gold's Gyms and now this, obviously you have a, a good idea of what's healthy and, and how to stay healthy. So uh, uh, it sounds like a great product. Yeah, it is a great product, and um, it, it's um, it's pretty interesting. I'm sitting here with uh, one of my best friends, Steve Dibbs, and uh, uh, he has a nine-hole golf course, and we're sitting here looking at the wetlands, and it's beautiful, and it's St. Patrick's Day, and we're listening to the bands play up in front in uh, some of his uh, uh, rental space uh, that O'Brien's has right now. and So I want to wish all those uh, Irishmen out there a happy St. Patty's Day. And um just want to thank you guys for getting me on your show tonight. That's really nice of you. Oh, no, thank thank you. It was great. And, you know, we'd love to, uh, in the future, have you back on. Thanks for, uh, I mean, we could talk for hours about, uh, you know, stories and stuff from the business and, and can't thank you enough. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to you, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, next time you... Uh... Uh, we have an opportunity to talk. Remind me to tell you some uh, Andre the Giant and Dusty Rhodes stories. They'll make you oh, laugh. I, I, I'd love to hear them, Brian. Thank you so much. Right, for I'm making it a note now. Now we definitely got to book this again. And Andre the Giant. You, you got to book it, and we'll make that. Uh, that's going to be the main event. That'll be the headline. And I promise you, I'll tell your fans some stuff they've never he- heard. That's the honest truth. <laughs> you laugh until you cry. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, well, yeah, definitely we'll get that done real soon. Take it easy. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me on. Take care. Awesome. I just, I'm tickled. I love having the uh, the legends on here. And, and what a tease. Talk about a guy. I mean, you know, and I said it, the guy's obviously real healthy. He's getting back in the ring. But when you're talking about small business and talk about being able to market, wow, I'm closing the interview and he says, yeah, get me on again. I'll tell you some stories about Andre the Giant and Dusty Rhodes. Are you kidding? I mean, I I can't wait to have him back on. I want to hear these, these stories. So, uh, we'll show it next week. We're going to having like a B. Brian Blair feature. Uh, but I love hearing the stories. Great stuff about uh, Paul Orndorff. And uh, 
Uh, you know, I mean, you, you hear about how he talks about the Iron Sheik. Uh, very respectful man, uh, but obviously no love lost between uh, him and the Iron Sheik. Uh, lots of interesting stuff, and uh, yeah, definitely want to hear uh, more stories. So we're definitely going to get B. Brian Blair on again in the future, making a note about uh, Dusty Rhodes and Andre the Giant stories. Unbelievable. You guys out there on the phones have been great. Thank you so much for being patient. We're going to hit the news. And then we were going right out to the phones. You know, it's WrestleMania season. TNA is on the road. Ace and eights. Impact is changing. NWA on fire. All sorts of stuff going on. So phone callers, whatever you guys want to talk about, you bring it. Because after the news break, we're going to you. But without further ado, with the day five news break, here's Dave. Better late than never. This is the Day 5 News Report here at 7.08, Pat, 7.08 on Sunday night. After this past Thursday's live TNA Impact on the road, TNA officials were very pleased with the show overall, from a production standpoint to performance from the talent, as well as the crowd. So pleased that this upcoming Bound for Glory pay-per-view in October could possibly take place from the city of Chicago, where Thursday's Impact emanated. Chicago is no stranger to TNA, as it hosted Bound for Glory in the year 2008, headlined by Sting challenging Samoa Joe for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. This is an interesting story, something that I don't know if I could believe or not, but in an interview this past week, UFC President Dana White admitted that WWE Chairman Vince McMahon called him up wanting to fight him at either a UFC pay-per-view or at WrestleMania 27 from Atlanta, Georgia in the year 2011. However, White declined the invitation, quoting, saying, Vince wanted to fight me, swear to God. He called me up and said, let's do it. We'll either do it in UFC or at WrestleMania. And I said, you're crazy. Yeah, I, I I would have to agree with Mr. White on that one. In some breaking news from last evening, the National Wrestling Alliance has now announced that former WWE Tag Team Champion Rob Conway of La Resistance fame won the NWA World Heavyweight title last night in San Antonio, Texas, defeating Cahagas and ending his 134-day reign as champion. Earlier this week, Rob Van Dam confirmed on Twitter this week that he is no longer under contract to TNA. Many fans posed the question on if he will stay with TNA or return to the WWE. RVD then publicly stated that he can't comment on his current situation due to potential future business deals, but will, however, speak in more detail fairly soon. After the statement was released, rumors began circulating that TNA Wrestling and Rob Van Dam are currently in negotiations for a new contract. Our final story this week, former WWE and World Heavyweight Champion, the Animal, Dave Batista, has scored the role of Drax the Destroyer in the movie version of Marvel Comics' Guardians of the Galaxy. The film is due in theaters on August 1st, 2014. Production begins sometime later this year. And wrestling fans, Meet TV Friday nights at 11 p.m. The guy I co-host with every single week, he's the man. Color commentator, Ken Reedy. Check it out, NWA on fire.
Season 9, The Gun Show. It's been eight crazy seasons of The Gun Show. Why not have a Season 9? Check it out. YouTube slash Steve Off. And I finally made my return, or my debut, I should say, to AM Radio. 1640 AM Radio, to be exact. Ironbound Radio. Tuesday nights, The Ken Reedy Show. The best in pro wrestling talk. Starts at 6 p.m., ends at 7. Check us out. Ironbound Radio, 1640 AM. And Lucky 13 Promotions premier event, Lucky Pro Wrestling, March 23rd at the Elks Function Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts on 128 School Street. You will see a reunion of the full-blooded Italians, Nunzio and Big Vito. Speaking of Big Vito, you will also hear him on 1640 AM Ironbound Radio this Tuesday night with myself and Ken on the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. You will also see at the Lucky 13 Promotions event, former NXT, WWE, and Nexus member Michael Tarver, as well as NWA on Firestar, Brian Fury. Tickets are $15, bell time at 8 p.m. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 Report. I'm out of breath. Ken, back to you. <laughs> ah, thanks, Dave. Good stuff. And we're, we're currently, uh, we got we got lots of feelers going out there. We got emails going, just to let you guys know, and I'm excited, and again, it's an exciting time to be part of the NWA. Um, trying to get Conway on board, trying to get uh, his reactions to, to winning the title, his thoughts. So we're definitely trying to get uh, him for you guys. Uh, I think that would be a, a cool interview. And uh, interesting stuff coming out of the NWA, you know, just recently. I mean, you know, we have Cahagas on. uh NWA is moving in, a, in an interesting uh, historical direction right now. Uh, Conway was always a guy that uh, always saw a lot of potential in, but in my opinion, uh, maybe not not used quite as well as he could have been used in the WWE. Uh, so I'd be curious to get his thoughts on winning the NWA a World Heavyweight Championship and uh, where his career is going. But uh, interesting, I always like Rob, uh, Dave. Yeah, no, Rob... Uh... Rob spent a lot of time in Ohio Valley Wrestling in the WWE. At that time, that was the WWE's uh, developmental territory. Known for being a tremendous worker. I've heard of some great matches he's had with um, with uh, Brett Albright and uh, and uh, Nick Dins- Dinsmore, who became Eugene in the WWF, or excuse me, the WWE. Um, you know, he was in La Resistance for a little while. He was a, he was a good hand in the ring. Uh, you know, solid on the microphone. Uh, when they split them up, eventually he became, uh, you know, a, a singles run for a little while, and uh, he almost had some somewhat of a, a Buff Bagwell type uh, character, uh, flaunting his body and very flashy. And uh, you know, I thought we were going to see big things out of him. Um, it looked like they were going to do something with him, and then for whatever reason, they stopped using him, and then eventually he was let go. But it's good to hear that um, he's back on the scene because I haven't really heard much from him um, or about him uh, lately on the independent scene. So now he's the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So uh, maybe this is a resurgence of uh, one Rob Conway. Yeah, looking forward to, to hearing from him. So we're, we're working on it right now. We're trying to get uh, him on board. But like I said, we're going to go right out to the phones now and get your take. We'll talk Whatever you guys want to talk about in the world of wrestling, just, just bring it. We're going to go right out to Tony. Tony, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for hanging on. What do you got for us this week? Oh, man. Uh, let's see, where do we start? It's, uh, Rob Conway, the new NWA champion. I got to admit, I didn't see that coming. 
I don't think uh, anyone really did, uh, which was interesting when I got word uh, last night that he was the the new NWA champion. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Again, it, it's an interesting time for the NWA. It's it's uh, you know I, I wherever the NWA goes, uh, whether it raises to a former glory, uh, it doesn't. I, I do think ten fifteen years from now, uh, you're going to look back on this time period of the NWA as to, you know, the seeds were planted here. It's, the company's in such a state of flux. And, uh, you know, Cahagas, tremendous talent, a great character. I mean, I love that kind of character. But at the same time, it's tough when you you need someone to kind of bring the company forward and, and Cahagas doesn't talk. And uh, so now you have someone who can be a mouthpiece who uh, people have seen on TV. So, uh Interesting choice. We'll see how it how it moves forward. Yeah, we'll see uh, what happens. I know you had that show. Last, you had a show last night too, uh, or was the um, Friday night? Uh, yeah, we had our live NW on Fire show. How'd that go? It was a good show. Uh, lots of good good matches. Uh, the crowd was hot. They're into it. Um, you know, it definitely was was a good. You know, it's, it's good getting used to the new place. Um, so it was a good time. Uh, a lot of good matches. Again, poor Ray Ray, uh, not successful. You know, brought a guy out of the crowd, out of the stands to come and wrestle. And uh, you know, lo and behold, I mean, it, it seemed like he was just a fan, but the, the guy had skills. Guy had some skills in there in the ring. So I wound up uh, beating Ray Ray. Uh, we also debuted uh, a tag team. Uh, they're called House Party. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're tremendous. Tremendous tag team. Uh, their their gimmick is kind of 80s rappers. And uh, they almost have a run DMC kind of look. And they, they come to the ring carrying an enormous uh, boom box. And, uh, but they can go. Uh, very talented tag team wrestlers. Uh, a good look. Uh, some big guys. So uh, excited about them. And they, they wound up taking home the tag team championship. So it was a good show. Ah, sounds like it was good, yeah. I guess it'll be on, and, uh, you know, the match will be on in the next, like, coming weeks or whatever on uh, Friday night. In the studio this week. So, uh, what do you think as far as, you know, we're going to get into it, we're going to go with the callers, uh, you know, probably most of this hour, but, uh, you know, when Dave and I were talking in the pregame, or pre, a pre-show meeting, uh, you know, we are saying that, the, you know, WrestleMania, it, it's kind of, it's it's weird right now. Like it just it almost doesn't feel like WrestleMania season. Like the the juice isn't there, and, and there's kind of a, a non-existent undercard right now. I mean, what what are your? Th- I mean, you've been a fan for a while. You blog about it. You you uh, you know you critique things. So you you have your your fingers on the pulse of uh, you know creativity and and you know analyzing these shows and everything. What are your thoughts right now as far as uh, you know the WrestleMania season. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do kind of feel like you know, like dude, there isn't, there really isn't an undercard yet. I mean, uh, it seems like like there's only gonna there. You know, we've got things. You know, Triple H and even Triple H and Brock Lesnar isn't official yet. I mean, we know what's gonna happen, but it's you know it hasn't really been. Um, you know, like, whatever they're gonna do with that tomorrow, you know, he'll what you know. I'll, but uh, as far as like what the other matches they're gonna add, you know, I know they they it's. Gonna, it's gonna have to be Big Show teaming up with Orton and Sheamus against the Shield because it looks like I mean it's obvious they're building up to uh, Ryback and Mark Henry at WrestleMania, which should be which also should be good, uh, interesting to see. 
But uh, was, I was like, what to do with the rest of the you know, like where the rest of the guys are going to be on the card? You know, guys like uh, you know Damian Sandow, Cody Rhodes, uh, Kofi Kingston, and those guys. You know, like um, you know the mid to lower card guys. I mean, I, I you know they haven't really been the. Uh, you know, even, hell, even Dolph Ziggler, I mean, you know, it's the freaking, it's the freaking money in the bank guy. I mean, is he going to cash in? I mean, is he going to cash in, or is it, you know, like he and Biggie going to beat uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan? Because it looks like they're, leaving, they're going to be doing that after what happened this week. Like hey, what, are, yeah. Is there anything, like, like, going forward, like, into WrestleMania? Like, what, what are, is there something you're looking forward to uh, right now? I mean, what are your thoughts going into the event? I'm thinking. Well, the the, the, the four matches. Well, like uh, Rock Cena too. You know, it's like it's. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be good. Like last year. Uh, you know, I don't know what they're gonna do. Like the other title match, Del Rio Swagger. I mean, that's that's the only one with the one of the big four matches that's got regulars in it, like the full timers in it. And um, you got uh, you know Take a Punk, which 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 should be good too. I mean, you know, I don't know how. You know, like, uh, hopefully, uh, yeah. you know, Punk can get a good match out of Taker. I know Taker's very limited when he gets him now, yeah. but... And, and uh, Triple, Triple, H, Triple H, H, Brock Lesnar should be, uh... You know, you I know, know I, I, I say book it, that should be fun, too. You know, yeah. so, and, um... You know, and yeah. if you ride back and Mark Henry, I imagine, you know, go... I don't know if yeah. ride back and lift him up for that... For that, for that uh, uh, shell muscle buster. But, uh, yeah, I and mean, that's that's something I, I I'm kind of really looking forward to. I'm, I mean, whole, I'm assuming they still may go in that direction. I mean, I don't need to see another six man tag. I mean, I guess we'll see how everything plays itself out. Tony, we got a full bank, so we're gonna let you go. Uh, thanks for giving us a call and supporting us. Uh, Tony is our blogger, the best blogger in the biz. You miss a show, you miss Raw, no problems. Go to KenryShow.com. Read Tony's blog, uh, blogs on Raw, SmackDown, and Impact each and every week. Uh, some uh, critiquing, some opinion, as well as a recap of all the action on each and every show. Tony, thanks for the call. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be out on Tuesday. You'll be out on Sounds Tuesday, right? good. Talk to you then. Take it easy. All right. And we're going to stick with the phones right now because you guys have all been real patient. And, you know, having B. Brian Blair was awesome. And, I, I again, I, I, I enjoy... I mean, Dave and I are both, sometimes we disagree on, on opinions and stuff, and, uh, you know, we, we do have differences, and, you know, but both of us uh, respect the hell out of this business, and uh, both of us just, just love hearing stories and, and getting to, to a little bit of insight uh, in the business, and, uh, you know, Mr. Trivia from Top Rope was, uh, you know, a uh, a big part in getting uh, B. Brian Blair on the show. He helped get us uh, Coco Beware. So uh got to thank him. And, uh, you know, he's got his his own kind of video show going uh, with, with giving some wrestling news. So uh, if you're listening, head on over to uh, Top Rope and like his page. But uh can't thank him enough for helping to get us some guests. And he's on the line right now. So, Mr. Trivia, what do you got for us this week? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. How are you? Good. Uh, I have uh, I've been meaning to ask uh, Diamond Dave a question that's been eluding me for the last couple of weeks, and somebody had mentioned it to me like uh, about a week or two ago, and I've been meaning to ask Dave about it. Has anybody heard from uh, as to the whereabouts of PN News? Is he still wrestling anymore? Um, you know what? That's interesting that you brought that up. Ratmaster PN News. He was the uh, he was he was man on a mission before there was man on a mission in uh, WCW. Um, I, I I 
I, I'm a regular viewer of uh, 411 Wrestling online. And um, I mean, if any of you guys from 411 are listening, you're welcome for the shameless plug, by the way. But um, uh, there was a, there was a, there was a, a feature on the site that says Ask 411. And uh, somebody had asked the whereabouts of him. And uh, the, the the answer pretty much was nobody knows where he is. Um, he After his run in WCW, he just kind of disappeared and uh really didn't do anything um, in, in the wrestling business. I had heard at one point he might have popped up at, like, a wrestling convention, um, you know, somewhere in the country maybe three or four years ago. But for the most part, I, nobody knows what he does currently, if he's you know, works a regular nine-to-five or if he made such great money in WCW at the time that he doesn't have to work at all, I mean, or if he's even alive. I mean, I, I really don't know what, what the whereabouts are. I'll have to look, I'll have to look on that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll Google him or uh, Wikipedia him or something. Uh, I, mean, I, didn't, I never thought we'd get a, uh, a <laughs> rat after pant news reference on, on this show, considering how, how far back he wrestled. So uh, that, that, that's quite interesting that that, that, that question was brought up. Yeah, uh, Ken, Dave, we had talked uh, on uh, the radio Tuesday about uh, Undertaker CM Punk, and um, I really think that uh, CM Punk had made a grave mistake, pardon the pun, a grave mistake (laughs) stealing the urn, and I really think that that's going to send the Undertaker over the edge, and maybe we'll see the deadliest dead man we've probably ever seen in a WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it was definitely it definitely adds some heat to it. Um, you know, I know there was some stuff some people were like that was disrespectful. So, you know, in the wrestling biz, I, I would bet, you know, Paul Bearer, you know, rest in peace. Uh if he could be part of one last angle, I, I'm sure he would love that he's he's part of it. Um but uh yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it kind of you know, adds a little bit of violence, a little, little, uh, you know, more of a rivalry uh, that these guys uh, don't like each other uh, kind of vibe. Um, you know, the matches as of late of the past few years has really been uh, the streak. Uh, and, and, you know, in reference to, like, it's, it's all about the streak. It's not like, you know, Michaels and Taker hated each other. It was Michaels wanted to, to end the streak. Even him and Triple H, it's not like they hated each other. There was a mutual respect, and it was about trying to break the streak. Um, this is kind of, you know, back to that, that you know, wrestling heel versus face kind of thing and adding, uh, you know, it's not just about the streak now. There's, there's, a little, there's a little heat there. There's a little bit of genuine hatred between the two of them, which, uh, yeah, I'm hoping it kind of gives us a little... A little more of a hard-hitting Undertaker, um, you know. I think I think it's cool. I think it's a uh, you know if uh, you know. Unfortunately, Paul Barrett passed away, but uh, you know, it, I think it definitely adds a bit to the uh, the storyline and the storytelling. Um, that's what I think is is what's interesting right now about WrestleMania is you have this you know a deep-rooted hatred uh, between Triple H and Brock Lesnar that uh, you know. Is, supposed to explode at, at WrestleMania. You have this uh now this this hatred, this heat building between Taker and CM Punk that uh we'll see resolved at WrestleMania. Uh we have as, as Rock put it, uh greatness versus redemption. Uh you know, an interesting storyline there between Rock and Cena. 
Um, and, and we have like three matches with with either developing or well-developed stories. And then it's like the rest of the card is this big question mark. Um, you know, I know we have Swagger and uh, Del Rio. Del Rio. Uh, yeah. Deep storyline but it's it's weird that just you have the some storylines and the the rest of the card is like this this big question mark so it, it's it'll be interesting to go and see where uh they're going to go with this card but uh i i kind of like it as long as the bearer or the moody family was okay with all that i'm okay with that and i think it you're right it will unleash a deadlier undertaker yeah, I also saw uh, on my Facebook page that how how much of a striking resemblance there is between Zeb Coulter and Yosemite Sam. It's uncanny. <laughs> but uh, one other quick thing, guys, uh, I'd like to make mention. Uh, thank you for mentioning the Top Rope Report. We are we are back on doing the video interviews. I believe I have uh, the Ken Reedy Show co-host is going to be uh, interviewed by Mr. Trivia on Monday, and. Um, also, on May 11th, I know it's a little ways away, but I just got the uh, the word the other day. May 11th, uh, NEFW in Chicopee, Massachusetts, is going to have a live barber shop with Brutus the Barber Beefcake on the sh- is going to be at the show. So that should be interesting. Uh, Ken, Dave, I can't express enough. You guys are doing a fabulous job with the show, and Ironbound Radio is just taken off by leaps and bounds because you guys are on it, and... Uh, We'll be talking to you again on Sun. We'll be talking to you again on Tuesday. Have a great night, guys. Thank you. And uh, there you have it, Mr. Trivia. Uh, yeah, he's he's been instrumental in getting us some guests. So uh, that's what's cool, man. You know, and we talk like Lucky Thirteen, and we're getting. Uh, you know, they got their their debut event on March twenty third, and they're getting us big veto. And that's you know, this business needs more of that. You know, more of a. Hey, you know, we'll help publicize your stuff. You help publicize our stuff. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. I I like that. Like there there are aspects of this business that I really like. And when you kind of get those sort of partnerships, where you know, yeah, we have no problem promoting your stuff, and you get us interviews, and that that's cool. So uh, I, I like this this working together, this networking that's going on in this business, and uh, uh, it's been good stuff. And and Dave, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm enjoying these guests we're getting and, and doing these interviews. Yeah, no, it, it, so am I. I mean, I never thought in a million years that I would say to myself, guys that grew up watching on TV, now I have a, have, have a conversation and, and, and talk with them. Like, I mean, with Kazarian, you know, like, you know, I watch him. On, I didn't obviously grow up watching him. I'm watching him currently now. And, you know, I... I got to talk with him and it felt like I was talking with like I was sitting you know sitting around shooting a breeze with somebody you know same with these guys you know Brian Blair and Coco Beware it's been awesome I could never I never thought to myself when I was a kid you know watching you know Coco Beware they'd be like someday I'm going to interview that guy or same thing with Brian Blair but now I'm getting to do it and then like I said like I said on Facebook the other day like I'm living the dream man this is cool you know like I, I'm loving it like keep them coming like if you you know I'm not saying you know but I, I I look forward to more of them. Like, let's, you know, this is, this is what it's all about, man. This is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun, you know. And, and, you know, and it's guys that, like, maybe weren't totally household names. I mean, I fully remember B. Brian Blair. Uh, and I always liked B. Brian Blair. I, I get, you know, maybe he wasn't a household name. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed listening to that. And, and I still can't believe, like, what a teaser. What a teaser, man, at the end of the interview. Sorry, Andre the Giant, Dusty Road stories. Uh, want to like hear I said, that. let's do it next week. Let's do it tomorrow. Like, <laughs> <I'll get> it. <laughs> yeah, Brian, if you're, still, 
If you're still listening, you can get my phone number from our producer, Michelle. Like, I'll give you my phone number. We can talk Andre the Giant, Dusty Rhodes, whoever you want, man. I got the day off tomorrow, so we'll let's, you know, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, man, I mean, it, it's just it's amazing stuff. So, uh, you know, and, and again, we have so much respect for the business. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like we'll we'll publicize your stuff. You want you want to get us interviews or do interviews here? It's it's a it's a nice talent exchange. So, uh, thank you so much again, uh, Mr. Trivia, for getting uh, B. Brian Blair. Good stuff. And uh, we're gonna continue with the phone lines because we got our friend Dank on the line. Dank, are you there? I am here, gentlemen. How are you? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. So, we officially have Punk and Taker. We are going to be in New Jersey, where for the longest time they were saying Jimmy Hoffa's body was buried under the old giant stadium. Punk is being a punk. I'm thinking buried alive match. Wow. You'll take uh, you know, it's funny because it seems like the, an obvious uh, choice of a match, and uh, hmm, I, I I don't know. Like it's, it's like this part of me that's like uh, I don't know if they'll they'll go in that direction, but hell, why, why not? It's the Undertaker. It's uh, you know, I mean, Punk has done such a good job at building heat uh, for the fans to see him get buried alive. Uh, I, I don't know. That, that's a good idea, Dank. I, 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 I think it's very I, symbolic. Either you're burying the streak or you're burying punk. And the way that they're, you know what I mean, like the amount of, I don't even know if that's a word, but heelness that they're putting on punk, it's, like I said, if that's even a word, but... It's a word it's like, now. You've made it a word. It's a word now. <laughs> Um, it just seems like they're going, I mean, somebody just dies and all of a sudden they get the okay from the family to put it into the show. I mean, if you're going to push this hard, this or this soon after somebody's passing to try and push this match to where he even steals the urn at the end, let's take this, he, um, Paul Bear. Rest in peace. Was old school. Let's go old school. Let's bring back Buried Alive at Giant Stadium. I mean, it could not be more fitting. That, but that's me, maybe talking as a fan. But I think it would be very well placed, very well timed. No, I'll tell you, man. I, I mean, I I would not bet the farm that they would do that. But I I think it's a good idea. I, why not go in that direction? And I could. I, I could e- almost hear, you know, after, you know, the stipulation is put in place, like, like Punk cutting a promo, and it's not me that's going to be buried alive. It's it's your streak that's going to be buried. I mean, it's something like to that effect. So I kind of like, what do you think, Dave? I like the idea, considering the, you know, the, the, the irony in the fact that there's always been rumors over the years of, uh, you know, Jimmy Hoffa's remains buried, you know, you know, on that property in East Rutherford, New Jersey. But, Dank, i got to ask you one question, though, and this is in all seriousness. Are you okay. still of the theory that The Undertaker's streak or him needs to disappear at WrestleMania like you did with that whole voodoo New Orleans BS that you came up with a few months back? Is that why, is that why, is that why this idea has come up? <laughs> 
And I'm not knocking it. I just, like I said in the beginning, it's it's a, it's a great idea in theory. And I, you know what? I'll, let me put it to you this way: if tomorrow night they announce on Raw that it's going to be Undertaker, CM Punk buried alive, then I will go out of my way for the next week to tell you that you got this one right. Okay? <laughs> I will go out of my way to, to no, do that actually, on Facebook. I'll even I'll even I'll even open up a Twitter account that says at Dank is right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I will do that, and I'm not a Twitter guy. I don't tweet, but I will make sure that it, that the message is spread across the the entire world that you were right because of this this, this whole prediction that you came up with on Sunday evening, March the seventeenth of two thousand and thirteen. Wow! So that's what's on the line. A, a Twitter account, Dank is right at Dank is right. So we'll see. Uh, again, I, I wouldn't bet the farm, but I, I kind of like the idea, Dave. Well, I appreciate it. And to answer your question, you know, honesty, um, no, it had nothing to do. It had nothing to do with the um, disappearing act that I brought up. I just thought it'd be, I don't know, very fitting with Paul Bear passing away and the history or the rumor of the history of where WrestleMania is, and it would play in very nicely. So it was very, two very separate things, and, you know, I'm trying to get that week in the past. I don't know what no, I was thinking. No, it, it, was, it was a good one, my friend. It was a good one. And the only way Undertaker poops and disappears is if he defends his streak against David Copperfield. <laughs> you just, you know, just accept the fact, Dan, you're never going to live live down the, the disappearing. No, I know, but, hey, we all got to have our little things in history <laughs> remembered by, right? We have the good things and the bad things. Yeah, I'll go on record right now and say this. At our end-of-the-year show awards, when we do them at the end of the year, I'll give you call of the year for coming up with that brilliant <laughs> idea that you came up with for New Orleans for next year's WrestleMania. How about that? You've got a lot of praise coming your way if you get this right from tomorrow night. There's so a lot, lot on the line here. Well, buried Alive. Do we see a Buried Alive match this year at WrestleMania? I like the idea. Dang, dang thank you for the call. Talk no to you soon. No problem. Take it easy. Thank Thanks for the support. I, I like that. I, you know, and it's funny because it's, it's an obvious choice, it being Taker. But I didn't even think of that. And, and I wouldn't mind seeing a Buried Alive match. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally think it would be cool. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those matches. I can honestly say it's one of those gimmick matches that, you know, falls in a category of an Undertaker gimmick match that's not been done as much. I could probably count on one hand there's only been a few Buried Alive matches. We've seen 25 Hell in the Cells. You know, we've seen, you know, a 13 or 14 casket matches or body back matches or whatever. We've only seen a handful of Buried Alive matches. And to be done at WrestleMania, considering the circumstances of the storyline, I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like that, day. You know, we're going to go back out to the phones because uh, we actually have the BWO heavyweight champion on the line who is, uh, let's see, Tristan, are you there? Oh, of course, I'm here. So what's up, what's you, up, uh, Ken? What's going on? Last night, victorious against uh, TNA's Robbie E. Uh, give us a how did it feel getting in the ring with uh, a guy like Robbie, uh, and, and you came out on top. Give us your thoughts on your match. Well, um, you know, I, I think I think they kind of like to be called Impact Wrestling now. I'm not really too sure, but either way, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed getting in the ring with Robbie E. Last night, you know, Robbie, you know, put up no challenge for me because you know you were there. <laughs> You were there in the crowd, you know, with with your with your beautiful uh, uh, wife, fiance, girlfriend. I don't know. I'll let you fill that part in. 
And, and you know, you guys saw how I beat him single-handedly without the help. But the question is, who's the better fist pumper, myself or Robbie E? That's what I want to know. I think we should we should probably set up a, a poll. You definitely, I, I like because your your fist pump you kind of involve like your, your whole body. Like you you, you kind of gave more. Uh, it was more entertaining. There was there was more of a full body pump to it. And, and you know what? The difference between me and all those Jersey Shore fist pumping wannabes is I got a little bit of soul when I fist pump. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you know just the fist because you know you can't just dance with your fist. You know, you got to put your whole body, your hips, your butt, your knees, your ankles, your chest, your arms, and then the fist. You know. It was. It was definitely. It was. It was very good. So yeah, I, I would definitely give you the, uh, the the nod of of the better fist pump. Um, I'd like to ask them because you know, as we've talked about before on the show, and our listeners know, you were trained uh, by the Dudley Boys, and uh, now that the Dudleys back together, uh, huge turn of events uh, this past week on lockdown. Uh, Curious your thoughts on uh, what the Dudleys are doing, and uh, especially Bully Ray being the the world heavyweight champion over there at Impact Wrestling. I mean, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of doubters out there, naysayers that think that, you know, Bully Ray shouldn't be world champion. And there's a lot of people that are pretty angry that, you know, the Dudleys are back together and they're like the biggest heel team, you know, in, in, in Impact Wrestling, you know, since like that millionaires wannabe club. But, you know, I think the the Aces and Aces are going to be here to stay, you know. You got my man Bully Ray. You got you know you got my man you know brother Devon. You know, I really think that those two are just going to keep on going. But when you think about it, friends always fight. Friends always have altercations. Friends always fall out. But in the end, friends always come back together. So what what did everybody expect? Do you, Do you like the the storyline? Are you enjoying the Ace and Eight storyline? Well, you know, I like it. I mean, I I, I prefer not to comment on on any uh wrestling that's going on on TV because then I sound like a, what do you call it, a, a, a armchair quarterback or whatever it is. So, I mean, you know, if I, I gotcha. if I thought I had a better idea, I'd go get a job with them to rewrite them. But, you know, I think what they're doing, it's, it's bringing them money. So, you know, it is what it is, and that's the most I can say on that. But, hey, you know, Brother Diva, you know, Bully Ray is a, is, a, is a champion. That's great. You know, who would ever thought he'd be a world champion? You know, I think when he lost weight and got himself in better shape, and, you know, and made himself a, a big contender and a force to be reckoned with, like, who else would get the belt? Yeah, and I think it's interesting how, you know, that uh, Devon has a TV title, so when they, they both, uh, you know, reconcile their differences, that uh, each guy is actually holding a, a singles uh, championship. Uh, interesting stuff, good stuff. Um, curious now, I mean, you, you didn't have a match booked for last night, and uh, you wound up challenging Robbie E., uh, and and successfully um, last night, uh, interesting stuff because there's a tournament now to determine a, a number one to contender and uh, a Mikey Cap who is is a member of the DOD. Uh, some strong words there about being the the next BWO heavyweight champion. Um, is, is there some dissension in the DOD? Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, first off what Mikey said and. Uh, who might be the uh, your next opponent coming up for that BWO title? Well, as you always know, Ken, you know it doesn't really matter who's going to step into the ring. You know, I give out I give out whoopings for free. So I mean, if Mikey Cap wants it, he can get it. You know, if if if, if Joey the Bull wants it, he can get it. If Steve Off wants, oh well, well, no, you know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna leave Steve Off alone. 
you know, Steve Off is now the, the, the BWO U.S. champion. He defeated Ray Ray Mars. And I kind of feel a certain kind of way about that. But, you know, back to me, because it's always about me, you know, I, I really think that uh, it doesn't matter who's going to step in the ring. There's only there's really one guy in particular that I'd love to have a match with, that I'd love to give him a whooping. And who might that be? I was waiting for you to ask. You see, I kind of roped you into that one. You did. I was, I was, I was waiting for, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for days to grow a set and, uh, and, and step into the ring with me. But, you know, I, in lieu of that, I even picked out a couple songs to him. For those of you guys that aren't, you know, on Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy show, when you get there, hit like. You know, last week on the show chat, I picked out a couple songs to him, you know, that I think that he should use in his debut against me. Bulldog mouth with a puppy dog ass. Here you go again. I, oh, I, told you you go. Many, I told you many times I've got no problem getting in there with you. I may not be a trained professional like you, but then again, there's nothing about you that says professional, so I don't know what I should call you. But you know what, dude? Really, in all seriousness, anytime, anywhere, I really don't care. I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather get my ass whooped and back down from a piece of garbage like you, so... Let's make it happen somehow, you know. You'd have to stroke over in BWO. It's not like I could just walk in there and say, hey, guess what? I want a match with the ugliest wrestler you've got. Give me Tristan Law. And, well, actually, no, the, the, the ugliest wrestler is Joey DeBull. I, I hate to, I hate to hey. interrupt you. The ugliest wrestler in the BWO is Joey DeBull. But I see where you're going here. But, you know, I, I like to apologize because at one time you, I, I had to turn you down because I really told you I'm not really into that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I heard as well, too, before I got picked up on the show, that you were asking for Brian, Brian B. Blair's phone number. So, you know, I hope whatever it is that you're looking for with Brian B. Blair, I hope it works out between you guys. Because, you oh, know, what, I think it's not like you. I think it's not like you. You're missing love. You're missing love. Talk, talk, talk. I'm done talking. It's okay, fight. look. It's okay. You don't have to be angry, Dave. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm an equal opportunity, no discrimination ass kicker. So if that's what you like, guess what? You You can find steel. I'm ready. I'll get get an attorney to look over the contract. You got more stroke. Let's do it. Okay? I bet you all the people in New Jersey would love to see some outsider whoop your sorry ass. I'll, I'll train to do it. I don't care. I'll make this my life's ambition. I really don't care anymore. I'm done talking. Make it happen. You're the one with the stroke, okay? Well, I mean, there you have it. I mean, it's. The the challenge would be accepted. So if uh, if it were to happen, uh, you know, it's it's out there. Uh, I think Dave has has said that he's willing to, and uh, this has gone on for a while. So uh, who knows? Maybe we will see at some point uh, Tristan versus Dave uh, at, at a BWO event. But uh, uh, before I let you go, Champ, uh, where else can we see you wrestle in the next few weeks? All right, so in the next few weeks, you can definitely, 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 you can see me uh, wrestle for BWO next week. And next weekend, we actually have a show. And uh, it's a fundraiser for the PBA in uh, Brentford, New Jersey. Uh, it takes place at our 400 North Lafayette Avenue. Doors open at 630, bell time 7. Of course, the card is always subject to change, so I'll give you the card. But pretty much it's... Uh, you know, uh, Ring of Honor invades BWO, but it's not really an invasion because we kind of invited them because we're like the bigger show than they are. So that's pretty much how it is. But you have myself, the champ, BWO heavyweight champion of the world, the galaxy, the universe. I'm taking on Rhett Titus. Then you have Grizzly Redwood versus my, my friend Ray Ray Mars. And then you have uh, the tag champs, ECP, East Coast Players, versus the LNF Express. Then you got uh, Magic versus Mike Cap. You know, 
not sure how I feel about that match. I really hope that, you know, I've beaten Magic before, so if Mike Cap could beat Magic, maybe he has a chance against me. You never know. Um, but if you're looking for tickets, uh, you can get your advanced tickets by calling 973-902-2345 or online at shopbodyslam.webs.com. Um, or you could also email venturecitypba at gmail.com to get those tickets. Um, it goes to a good cause. It's for the PBA. You get to see me beat up on Rhett Titus. Like, you know, what else could you ask for? What else could you ask for? And there's, also like a, a, there's also a ladies match for all you sex-deprived men out there and women, because some women are into that. It's Arlene versus Tara Calloway. So all of you sex-deprived, you know, womanless men and women, Arlene versus Tara Calloway, that may be something that you're interested in. Dave, you may want to come because I know you don't, you know, have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, so that may be something you're interested in. The only thing I ask for is you just to make this happen for BWO, okay? Shut your mouth. I'm done here. I'm done talking to you. Well, there you have right, it. Well, you, know, it, it. You know, every so often you think it's, it's kind of going to get less heated, but uh, it's still there. No love lost between uh, my co-host and, and the champ of BWL. Uh, always a pleasure, champ, having you give us a call in. Uh, thank you for uh, giving, us, giving us a few minutes, and uh, look forward to seeing you in the ring again real soon. All right, well, thanks for coming, and uh, a happy uh, uh, Irish Day. Because you know, I'm not really—I'm really black Irish, but I don't really celebrate St. Patrick's Day. So you know, happy St. Patty's Day to you, and uh, and uh, Dave, kill yourself. That's all I can ask. Thanks, guys. I'll hear from you guys soon. I'll let you get that opportunity to kill me in that BWO match that you've been raving about. Wow, you guys, you know, man, it's just this has been going on. I mean, you feel like it, there's got to be a blow off at some point. It's been going on for a while. There's got to be uh, something. I mean, you know, but he is the champ. Got to respect that. He's got the gold. He's got yeah, the gold. I know. I know. More, more, more chapstick, Ken. Just get more chapstick, please. You know what it's time for. Yes, I The Ken Reedy Show. No. Overproof. of our program where we talk about something in the world of wrestling that just made us nod to ourselves when we were sitting there on the couch say, hey, that worked, and you're nodding. It's funny, because I'm nodding right now as if I'm doing like TV, it's radio. You can't see me nodding, but you know what I'm talking about, and you're sitting there, and you just nod, you're like, yeah, yeah, that worked. Um, that's what we do each and every week, that we give something in the world of wrestling our nod of approval. Dave, what gets your nod of approval this week? Well, there are a lot of things that, uh, you know, I, I could say got my nod of approval. Uh, you know, obviously, the, before the CM Punk interruption, the uh, Undertaker tribute to Paul Bear um, was definitely, you know, very classy and respectful. You know, I, I, I nodded for that. I nodded for, uh, you know, Kazarian and, uh, you know, Christopher Daniels' um, impersonation of the Legion of Doom. You know, the Road Warriors are my favorite tag team of all time. But the one thing that I really nodded at that had been kind of sticking with me all week and I had watched it over and over again a couple of times was the video package that the WWE produced on Monday and they replayed it again on all 13 of their other shows that they have on television um, of uh, the Rock and John Cena WrestleMania match that's coming up in uh, three weeks. Um, the, the the song for it was uh, Civil Twilight, Letters from the Sky. It's a pretty good song. And just the video itself, you know, I know Rock hasn't been on TV in a few weeks, and, uh, you know, the, a lot of people are, like, upset 
you know, the critics out there about having to do another match. But that video package told the entire story right there. John Cena is upset about losing the biggest match of his career a year ago. He's got an opportunity to have that match again. He won the Royal Rumble. The Rock won the title. Now it's the time for him to redeem himself. He's looking for redemption. And this is the only thing that's driving him. And if he's got to beat the Rock and take the title in the process, he'll do that. Now, I love the video. Just the overall, I mean, the the one line that got me that, like, that I think is 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 really fitting in this whole storyline is the is is the fact when the rock said the rock said to him in the video package you think you can beat me but I know I can beat you and then they cut to a shot of like Cena looking you know distraught and upset and you know pondering the question can I really beat this guy he got my number last year I got I got another chance to do it this is the biggest opportunity of my career and I can take the title from him like, just the, the video itself told the whole story. If Rock and Cena aren't on TV as much in, in the next three weeks heading towards WrestleMania for their match, I would be okay with that because that video package, like I said, told the entire story of, of itself. Rock's the champ. Cena wants redemption from last year. Here we go. Meet again. WrestleMania, big stage. And I, there, there's nothing else that needs to be layered and added onto it. The people know that they don't like each other. The people know they can't stand each other. And the people know that this is, you know, this is a match, uh, the, 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 probably one of the biggest rematches in wrestling history, in my opinion. And there are people out there that might not like what I'm saying, and guess what? I really don't care. But <laughs> be that as it may, you're going to see, I mean, I just couldn't get enough of the, video, the, the music behind it. I mean, the, the WWE and the production and, the, you know, the, the video department, you know, you get my nod of approval as well, too. I'm going to give you a two-for-one this week because just overall, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't say enough good things about it right now. And as a matter of fact, I will say one more thing. This song was also used in a video package for John Cena, Randy Orton, when they wrestled at Bragging Rights in 2009, and it was the Iron Man match, and just the mood, the tone it set and everything, and just the, the, the camera shots that they had shown in this video, I mean, it was just all around. It was, it was a kick-ass video package that, um, like I said, really sold you on the idea of how big of a match this is. And we talked about it earlier, how underwhelming WrestleMania seems to be this year. It doesn't feel like WrestleMania. That was probably the only thing that made me feel like, it's WrestleMania is coming up, so and it also helps that I'm going to it as well. So, yeah. you know what I mean. So, but that that, that gets my nod of approval this week. Yeah, along those lines, it's funny because as you're saying, like it's not feeling like WrestleMania season, and this is kind of a collective nod. Uh, I, I'm giving it to TNA. Um, you know, it's interesting being a wrestling fan. If you watch all the show, depending on what you're into, uh, you know, on TV, you have NWA on Fire, WWE, TNA. Uh, you could follow ROH. Um, you know, I might follow other promotions on YouTube over the internet. But I find like, like if you watch a lot of it, you'll go through periods of the year where obviously, you know, one co- if you're objective, one company is more of your favorite than another company. Um, it's usually the case that between January and April, it's WWE. It's WrestleMania season. That's the time that they ramp it up, pedal to the metal, and. You know, nothing else compares. I am shocked for myself that I am more into Impact and what's going on there right now than setting up WrestleMania. I find the storylines more intriguing. The characters are are better developed. I want to see where Ace and H is going to go. I want to see what's going to happen with uh, Bully Ray and, 
and uh, his character and how that develops. I loved the fact that Sting and Hogan and, and Hogan was like, I knew better. And, you know, Hogan was just pissed at Sting. I loved that exchange. I love what Bad Influence is doing. And we've talked about it on the show. It finally looks like they're repackaging AJ. I love that that segment on uh, Impact this past Thursday that we don't know where AJ is going. We don't know where his alliance is. Uh, I would venture to say going forward that at least Ace and Ace will confront him as being a possible member, and he'll just kind of be a wild card for a while. But a guy who's got all the talent in the world in the ring that was in desperate need of some sort of repackaging, and they're doing it. And it's amazing during this WrestleMania season that I, I'm more into what's going to happen on Impact on Thursday than I am actually on, on uh, WWE programming. So uh, collectively, as a whole, the, the past few weeks, what I've seen – uh, and what I saw this week especially, uh, TNA, Impact Wrestling, gets my nod of approval. And there you have it, WWE Video Package and TNA get our nods of approval. The Ken Reedy Show, nod of approval. We've got a few minutes left. I'm going to squeeze and We have one more call on. I want to try and get everybody. So I believe, Justin, are you there? Hi, Ken. How you doing? We only got a couple minutes left. First off, man, you know, those of you who don't live in New York State, there's uh, budget cuts coming down for uh, programs for people with disabilities that are not good. And I, from what I heard, Justin, you were out there fighting the good fight, protesting and, uh, you know, saying your piece out there. Not only were you doing that, which is a great cause, and you should be commended for being a part of that. I, I heard, and I think it's you, someone said they saw a Ken Reedy Show t-shirt in the crowd, and I'm assuming it's you, so thanks for wearing the t-shirt, and uh, you, you did a good job on Friday. Thank you, Ken. You're a nice guy, aren't you? Uh, you know, I try, but that's cool that you're out there wearing the shirt. I actually had a friend email me. He's like, there's a guy here with a Ken Reedy Show t-shirt. How do I get one? So I thought that was cool. So it was you in the shirt? Yeah, it was me. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, what do you What do you think of this? You know, we got a, only about a minute left or so. Uh, going into WrestleMania, what do you think? It was pretty good, Ken. Did you like Monday night with uh, CM Punk and The Undertaker? Yep. What do you think about CM Punk taking the urn? That's horrible. I would agree with you, man. That was was horrible. So uh, I'm I'm rooting for Taker against CM Punk. I, I hope uh, Taker gets him. You know, one of our callers brought up they want to see a buried alive match. Uh, before we let you go, I'd just like to ask you: uh, Do you think that would be a good match, seeing the Undertaker and CM Punk in a buried alive match? Oh yes, they are. Good stuff, Justin. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you for giving us a few minutes at the end of the show and. Uh, Again, nice job going out there fighting the good fight on Friday, and uh, thanks for wearing our T-shirt. We'll talk to you soon. You saw me on TV, Ken? I'm on TV on Fridays. You saw me on TV, huh? Yep, I'll be on Fridays, 11 o'clock on uh, MeTV. Thanks for giving me uh, you know, that, that segue to just plug the show one more time. <laughs> you know, hey, Dave, you know what? What's you that? You should be on TV, too. 
I should, you know. Well, let's make that happen. Can you uh, you call your cable company? You ask for me. The day five report. We'll, we'll make it happen. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Justin. We'll talk to you soon. Take care Hi, of yourself. Thanks, Ken. You're an awesome guy. Thanks. You too. You're awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Take care. There you have it. Uh, quite a show. we got about a minute left. Remember, Tuesday night, thanks to Lucky 13 Promotions, um, they'll be doing their debut event uh, next week, next uh, Saturday, the 23rd. Make sure to check them out, Lucky 13 Wrestling. Uh, we're going to have Big Vito is going to be on the horn with us on Tuesday. So be sure to check us out on Ironbound Radio on Tuesday from 6 to 7 o'clock. And we got some some big announcements coming down the pike. Uh, there might be some changes uh, to the show, so we'll let you know. But, uh, yeah, Ironbound will have Big Vito. Great show tonight, Dave. Did you have fun? Yeah, oh, yeah, I had a blast. It was great. I, I, I don't want it to end. <laughs> Shows like this, it's like, oh, what are we going to do? we got two hours, and the, the callers were great. And thank you guys for supporting us. And, uh, uh, you know, we again, sometimes when we have some interviews, it's tough to get to everyone. We're doing our best here. But thanks for continuing to support us. And, uh, you know, uh, great with the interviews. Uh, just these two hours just fly by every Sunday. So uh, thanks for supporting us, everybody. See you on Tuesday, Ironbound Radio for Dave. I'm Ken. Have a great night, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, any where and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus